Crook's Corner, what's happening? Hope everybody living their best life. You know how we do this, man. Let me just jump straight into this because I got to go to a studio session. First, let me start off by saying I don't intend to slander nobody. You know what I'm saying? There's no slander during this podcast. If anybody's offended, that's not my intention. I just want to lay some facts out there. There's been a lot of Slaughterhouse talk since I left the group. So I figure I clear a few things up, you know what I'm saying, that I saw online and put it to rest. Well, maybe not put it all the way to rest because I, I wrote a book about Slaughterhouse, you know what I'm saying? I wrote a book about Slaughterhouse, my experience. I may release it mid-summer. I don't know. I'm talking to publishing houses right now. We'll see what happens. Um... Not to uh, harp on Slaughterhouse because I'm also writing a book about my time on Death Row Records. I think that's natural progression. You know, the artist records music, puts out music, travels the world, meets a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Has a lot of different experiences and not only writes about them in song form, but also in book form. So it's just natural. You know what I mean? But for now, I just want to put a few things to bed. So we can start talking about other things I'm involved in. I don't want every question to be about Slaughterhouse. Now, there's a misconception about Shady Records on Slaughterhouse money. That's not true. I believe people have come to this conclusion by piecing together things that Joe may have said on his podcast. You know what I'm saying? But I think those things are being interpreted the wrong way. Shady Records does not owe Slaughterhouse any money as of right now as far as my records show. Okay? They don't. Another misconception is that me, Joel, and Royce were ecstatic about the way Welcome to Our House was received by Slaughterhouse fans. You know what I'm saying? And Joe was the only one who knew the fans wouldn't receive the entire project well. That's not true. I told this to Joe, so I don't mind saying it here. He was jamming in a lot of those sessions, having fun, making music, happy with the outcome of some of those songs, a lot of those songs, just like we all were. Now, when you do something in a group, you form a partnership, you know what I'm saying? in a group and with the label everybody gets an opportunity to sit at the table and talk about the direction but even without the label we didn't always agree on direction you know what I mean but we respected each other immensely so if I didn't like a song but the other three members liked the song I got outvoted I ride with their decision that's just the process. There were plenty of times where I got outvoted. Plenty of times I brought ideas to the table that I thought would have been received well by Slaughterhouse fans, you know. I thought that those ideas would be received well. But I was outvoted. And I rode with it. Team ball. It's not all about what I want to put out. Of course, I could have went in the booth, expressed my opinion on the direction of songs I didn't like. But that's not playing team ball to me. That's not the way I particularly play team ball. Listen, I came in the slaughterhouse, man, having my own movement. 
I was already the leader of many. But in Slaughterhouse, I set my leader role to the side and played my position. I spoke up when things were going kind of crazy because I felt like, you know, certain things just had to be said. But again, if I'm outvoted, I roll with the team. Truthfully, I look at it like this. I believe Slaughterhouse was trying to find our sound on Shady. Sometimes it takes more than one album to find your sound on a major label. You know what I'm saying? Now, some might say our sound should have been exactly what the first album was. And I love the first album. But I still think we could have done better. So we experimented with different sounds. Happens all the time. When Dr. Dre started Aftermath, y'all remember that first compilation he dropped? It wasn't really well received. But he didn't stop there. He said, yo, let's go back to work and start putting out classics and made history. We were just finding our sound on Welcome to Our House. And there were some gems on that album. You know what I'm saying? But if the whole project wasn't received well by the fans, we go back in. That's my train of thought. That was Eminem's train of thought. That was Paul Rosenberg's train of thought. We go back in. This is what I was trying to convince Joe. That's what I was trying to convince Joe to do. Because he felt like the process should have been different. So my thoughts on that was, hey, if you don't like how it went down, sit at the table. You know what I mean? Go back to the negotiation table and say, yo, I don't think we need label involvement with the creative process. And if you had a strong argument, if he had a strong argument, guess what? It may go the way that he wants it to go. But if you don't say anything, you just sit it out and say nothing. And when I say nothing, I mean, if you just rap about what you disliked or you just tweet about it, that's not it. You know what I mean? You got to go back to the table and sit with everybody involved and say, hey, A, B, and C, present your side of how you view things. Because if you don't say nothing, guess what happens? Nothing. And nothing happened for six years. You know what I mean? And that's another thing I told Joe about. Because he's been very vocal. You know what I mean? On what's going on with Slaughterhouse. Slaughterhouse and Shady Records. So you know. Joe has this big humongous fan base. And they come to me and they say. Hey this is what Joe said. What do you say crook? So I'm telling you now. I'm telling you how I view it. So all questions will be answered. I believe Slaughterhouse should have got together as a group. Talked about what direction we wanted to go in. And let me let me let me back up. Let me back up. Hold up. We actually did that for Glasshouse, mind you. And even if that process wasn't to any one of the members liking, we just sit down and talk about it amongst the group first. Then go to the table and talk to our partners at Shady Records. Let me tell you something. Eminem was in the studio working hella man hours on Slaughterhouse. Hella. You know what I mean? And when you got anybody of his caliber that's willing to get into the trenches with you and put in ridiculous man hours to ensure that the project is successful, 
That's the kind of person I want to continue to do work with. That's the kind of person I fuck with. He was in there with us. If he says, yo, let's go back in. Get this right for the fans. Of course. Let's do it. But if you don't like how things are going down and you sit at the negotiation table and you say what's on your mind and nobody reaches an agreement, then we have to figure out what the next move is for the group. But that conversation has to be had first. That's business. That's how you handle business. Which brings me to another misconception. <laughs> the next misconception is that me, Royce, and Joel were not businessmen. You know what I'm saying? We just love to rap. That's something that came across on another one of Joe's podcasts. So people came to my comments and asked me about that. Let me tell you something. Royce owns Bad Half Entertainment. He's an executive. Okay? Prime was a concept introduced to the entire group. It was a concept that the entire group was supposed to do with DJ Premier. But lack of communication and time going by is what inspired Royce to say, hey, I'll just do it myself. That's my opinion. If the group can't commit to this for whatever reasons, I'll just do it myself. He made an executive decision. And we all know how well that's paying off. Rappers have to do things outside the booth. We understand that. You have to do business. Joel has always done business. I have always done business. When I was on death row, I had one of the best contracts any artist has ever had signed to that label. I don't care who you name. Because I negotiated it along with my lawyer to benefit me. That's business. Total Slaughter. That was my initial idea. On a plane to Paris, I was reading the Rolling Stone magazine. And they interviewed the president of YouTube. And he spoke about the importance of battle rap to YouTube's bottom line. Light bulb went off in my head. I said, yo, Slaughterhouse needs to be involved with the battle rap scene. The rappers respect us. We respect them. We have a big platform. Let's do some sort of reality show focused on battle rapping. That was my idea. This is not a 16 bar verse. This is not a hook. This is not a concept for a song. This is a business move outside of the booth. You know what I mean? Same with one shot. You know what I'm saying? I created one shot. I sat in my bedroom. Wrote out the concept. I took it from a sheet of paper all the way to one of the top music networks on cable. BET. Not only was I the executive producer and creator of the show, but I was also a reoccurring judge on the show. You know what I mean? A lot of people believe my brother Sway brought that situation to fruition. No. I went to Sway and said, hey, I have a business idea. He liked it. He rolled with me. So let's kill the narrative that we are not businessmen. Joe has made some great business moves outside the booth. Hands down. But so have we. And that BET deal was worth a lot of money for those keeping score. Anyway. Another misconception. Is that I was angry when Joe crit criticized M-Single. 
Y'all remember that. Calling it trash. Throw it in rice. You know, he criticized Paul Rosenberg's drop uh, rollout. Said he dropped the ball. I wasn't angry with Joe. I didn't agree with his approach and his choice of words. I simply felt like he could have said, yo, this single is not for me. However, I publicly stated that on Hip Hop DX Live. I told the people he's entitled to his opinion. That's his opinion. I just felt like it was a bad choice of words. You know what I mean? Bad verbiage. But I also feel like, you know, sidebar, there's nothing wrong with liking revival. Just like some people don't like it and they express their opinion, others do like it and they express their opinion. That's not the problem. That's not the problem with Slaughterhouse. His opinion on revival is not, has nothing to do with why we are where we are at now. You know what I'm saying? Why would I beef with Joe over his opinion of Revival? I even said this publicly. Some songs over on Revival, they just wasn't for me, especially the pop songs. You know, I kind of like the one with Ed Sheeran. But as a fan of Eminem, some of the songs weren't for me. You know what I'm saying? And that's fine. I like some songs, some songs I didn't. Let's move on. You know what I mean? I just didn't agree with him calling it trash, you know, because the songs were still well produced and Eminem was still rhyming on them. You know what I'm saying? And we all know what trash really is. So I just didn't think it was trash. I just think it was something that people did not like that expressed that, you know, whoever expressed they didn't like it. They just didn't like it. But sonically, things were mixed well. You know what I mean? They were structured well. There were too many good pieces of the puzzle to just call it trash. You know what I mean? Like I said, you know trash, I know trash. That was my opinion on that. So let's stop. Let's stop saying, oh, you guys are mad at Joe because he said M shit was trash. Nah. I just disagree with his approach. I can disagree with him without being upset with him or beefing with him. You know what I mean? I just disagree with the word choice and that's it. So let's talk Glass House for a second. Now, Glass House, there is a version that exists that Shady Records could put out right now if they wanted to. Although, years after that version was uh, created, the group decided, hey man, we should put more fresh ideas onto this. And when I say the group, I mean every member. We said, yo, let's put some more fresh ideas on this. That never happened. So there is some version of Glass House that could come out, you know. But the entire group said, let's put fresh ideas on here to go along with the joints that we really love. And that process never happened. You know what I mean? Me and Royce got together and tried to force the issue. Still did not happen. True indeed. Shady could put out that other version right now, but why would they? You know what I mean? With a group, you got to have the group to like do the visuals, do the interviews, to express, you know, the thought process behind the music, to tour, to do anything to promote the album. Why would Shady put out an album if the group is not going to participate? It doesn't make good business sense. They could do it 
and they may do it, but it wouldn't have the results that all of us would be happy with. I'm going to keep it a buck. Sometimes when you allow your brand to get cold, you have to get proactive and do things without label support to put your brand back on your fans' radar. That's being an executive. That's being a businessman, making sure that your brand that you put your heart and soul into flourishes. Had we finished that version that we all agreed to finish, went to Shady Records and said, yo, here's the album. This is the way we want to roll out the album. I believe we would have done exactly that. And I don't think that they would have had any objection. And that's just keeping it a solid 100. Why leave that situation? We could have taken control of our careers at Shady Records and still have one of the greatest of all time in our corner. You know what I'm saying? We could have taken control. I mean, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like they were over our shoulders in the studio saying, yo, make a song about this. Yo, write a song about that or use this beat. If you don't use this beat, you're not on the label anymore. That's not true. Yes, the label did have suggestions, but that's what happens. That's what happens when, you know, you form a partnership. Don't mean that we didn't have any control, you know, because that's not true. We had plenty of control on Glasshouse. And we could have gotten even more control by doing one thing, communicating. We did not communicate. So here we are, six years later, no album. Six years later, that's why I left the group. I didn't foresee us ever making music again as a collective, ever. We were stuck. So I jumped out, I freed the truth. Now everybody can tell their slaughterhouse truth. Because the fans deserve the truth. The culture deserves the truth. Slaughterhouse is one of the most amazing groups to hit hip-hop. I feel like the culture needed Slaughterhouse. I was willing to fight for that. Get off the label and go indie doesn't solve any problems. There will still be disagreements. There will still be times when we don't all think that we should go in certain directions. You know what I'm saying? New label. New problems. We already have a deal. We already had a machine willing to push us. We already had one of the greatest MCs of all times who understands lyricism backing us and ready to go to war with us one more time. It didn't happen for six years. So I bounced. Crook's Corner. Peace and blessings. You feel me? <laughs>